Hi, this is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. This week, I am talking about the use of AI technology on film with particular regard to aging. I'm not pretending I know everything, but it's been on my mind for years. So I think a lot of this is going to be a thoughtful ramble and it's probably the first of a couple of episodes because while you know I am a photographer, I feel like I know my industry. I'm not massive on retouching. I'm a very much a natural photographer, but I cannot pretend to know anything about film. I do make videos. <laughs> I've had clients that I've made videos for, but I don't pretend to know everything about film. I don't pretend to know everything about photography either, to be fair, but film is still something I'm discovering and it actually really blows my mind what technology can do. So let's just get into it. First of all, I feel I should explain why I wanted to do this episode. I think it's because I've just noticed things in the past year or so. And for some reason, I watch a lot of music videos on YouTube. So as well as movies, I just feel that I've been noticing retouching more. When it comes to photography, I kind of look for it. And, you know, I've done episodes in the past about it. But when it comes to the moving image, I just feel that sometimes when you notice something, it's not always for the right reason. And you might notice just something can look a little bit off. So retouching in movies is not new, by the way. I'm not saying that it's new. Manual retouching of the moving image has been possible for many years and it absolutely increased around the time that film first started going digital in the 2000s. But I feel that more recently, it's become more of a go-to. It just seems more noticeable. I could be watching a video of an R&B singer on the beach and I can see that her necklines have been erased or her cellulite has been smoothed. And that might be because I kind of know what the person looks like via their Instagram, even though they may well retouch their photographs. Or it could be just because it's so obvious. Sometimes you can tell, for instance, when you know someone's using a filter on TikTok or Instagram, you'll know that if and when they move a lot, the filter can't always catch up with them. So there might be this little bit of distortion. And I think that happens in film as in moving image too. Even when I was trying to watch the new Netflix film, You People, trying because it just wasn't very good. I could not stop being distracted by Julia Louis-Dreyfus's face. Now, I love her. She's an icon in my eyes. She played Elaine in Seinfeld. She is an iconic character. I think she's a brilliant actress, but I kept looking at her face. I was like, why am I just, why am I looking at her face so much? I should be listening to the dialogue, which is pretty bad, but I should be giving it my attention. And I kept thinking, why am I distracted by her face? I felt there was this weirdness about it. But again, just going back to my photography background, maybe it's just because I am used to peering into someone's face. Like if I'm doing your portrait, I'll be zooming right in on freckles and eyelashes and I love that. I actually, I'd love zooming in on people. Don't love it so much on myself. But yeah, I think maybe I look too much sometimes. Or perhaps you see it just as much. I'd love to know actually. So at any point, feel free to tag me when you're listening. Send me any DMs. Let me know what you think. Are you starting to see more retouching that's kind of a bit odd when it comes to movies or videos? So if you know the podcast at all, 
you'll know I've done several episodes on excessive retouching when it comes to magazine photo shoots. And I'll leave links for those for you. But most of my complaints when I'm talking about magazines is about the erasure of any signs of aging. Extending that conversation to the moving image is something, again, I wouldn't say I'm I'm not an expert. I can't give an expert opinion. But recently, I listened to an episode of The Town, which is a podcast about the business of Hollywood hosted by Matthew Baloney. And it really blew my mind. The episode was called Making Movie Stars Younger with AI. I learned so much in this episode. I think it's only around 40 minutes. And I also ended up feeling really naive as to the extent of retouching at the movies. Before I share some of the insights with you, I just wanted to be clear. I'm not talking about AI software that's used to create other worlds and otherworldly beings or tell us scary stories about how robots are going to take over like we've seen in films such as 2013's Her or 2014's Ex Machina. I'm talking about AI software that enables 10 to 20 years to just be removed from an actor's face. I actually found this podcast via Kirby Johnson of the Los Angeles podcast. She'd shared it on her stories on Instagram and it was the title that grabbed me. So I listened to it one day when I was on my way into London and Matthew's guest was visual effects or VFX, which I will refer to from now on, VFX executive Matt Panousis. And he really got me thinking because he would share facts on it, but he wouldn't share the details, unfortunately. He shared that today, many actors are demanding they are given AI quality retouching for their movies. It's in their contracts. They will not do the movie if they are not guaranteed to have AI retouching software. So I started to wonder if I was being kind of a bit stupid when I did those recent episodes about, say, Jennifer Aniston. She appeared on the cover of Allure and I was just like, wow, they've airbrushed her easily 10 to 15 years younger. But maybe I I should just shut up. It's nothing to do with me because here I am saying it's so unfair. Women aren't allowed to age in public. But really... Many of these women that I think I'm defending, which they don't really need me, obviously, many of them are actually demanding this retouching. So it's as if even they don't want to see themselves as they truly are. So yeah, I was like, okay, let's carry on. Um, Matt Panousis goes on to explain what we've known so far about visual effects. Of course, it's used to show a character in their youth for flashbacks. But more recently, he said it's being used to just take 10 years off, just like that. He shares that even though this new AI software is creatively led, as in by the person using it, the process itself is 95% automated. He also happens to have a company that is really at the forefront of this. It's called Vanity AI, and it's the world's first end-to-end AI solution for visual effects and is 300 times faster than the current tech used by the film industry at large. So keep that in mind. His software, this AI retouching software, is 300 times faster than the current tech. Matt explains that usually VFX artists have to work frame by frame. So of course, it's time intensive work. They look for certain areas of the face to edit, such as lines or crow's feet. 
And what takes the most time is the fact that because they're working frame by frame, they'll choose those areas, they'll work on them, but then they have to retrack and do the areas again because, of course, the face moves. But with AI software, it tracks every single move, generating the edits for you once you start making changes. So you can make changes on one shot, point out the areas of concern, and the AI will not only carry out those changes there, but then it will carry them out throughout all the other shots in the scene, literally cutting out hours of time, which therefore obviously is going to lower the cost. He goes on to share that while most visual effects are referred to as cosmetic or digital makeup to ensure the actor just looks good and the same throughout the movie, what's happening today is that up to 85% of the movies are actively digitally de-aging the actors. So it's not just about them looking good and looking the same throughout the movie, you know, kind of for continuity, making sure the makeup is the same. It's literally about making them look younger. So that's why I'm feeling quite naive because I just didn't realize it was that extensive. I thought I was really good at spotting things, but no, it's been going on for a long time. I think it's not that it disturbs me. I think I find it intriguing and a little bit weird because I just started thinking about how AI could bring people back from the dead. Obviously, their families would need to be involved because their image would be used. But you can see the potential could be huge. And obviously if they're kind of faking it, they don't need to pay the original actor, I'm guessing. Um, I mean, they might have to pay them something and they might have to pay the family something if it's an actor that died, but the cost could be vastly reduced, I'm sure. So there could be so many more biopics on the way. I recently recorded a TikTok on why I didn't think the industry actress Marissa Abella was a great fit to play Amy Winehouse in Sam Taylor Johnson's upcoming Back to Black biopic. I just think it shouldn't be happening anyway. I think she was an icon. She died extremely young. No one sounds like her or looks like her. Just leave it alone. But anyway, Sam Taylor Johnson, you know, she's a director, former artist. She wants to get paid. So it's happening. And she has cast Marissa Abella. Now, I think she looks nothing like Amy, and I'm really scared about her trying the accent. But with this AI effects, they can basically turn Marissa into Amy, can't they? They can get her to do the movements of what Amy's doing, performing on stage, for instance, and they can just turn her face into Amy. So is that a good thing? Is it weird? Is it ethical? I'm nervous about labeling things good or bad. I just think I'd much rather have a conversation than be so dogmatic in my answers. Um, and in the town episode, they also discuss how we aren't far from passing the uncanny valley area as they are now able to do a face replacement. So let's say they want James Dean to come back. They do a face replacement. They get an actor in to read the script. They replace their face with James Dean's face. Then they use software to turn the actor's voice into sounding more like James Dean. Before I go on, just in case you haven't heard the phrase Uncanny Valley before, it's basically that feeling of unease that you might get when you see something like a robot, for instance, that appears so human-like, but not quite. So it's kind of freaking you out. It might be able to express empathy. It might be able to tilt its head as if it's listening to you and act as if it understands you, but you can't help feeling something is off. 
It's like they're almost identical likeness to us, weirds us out. So what Matt is saying is the technology is fast approaching the Uncanny Valley area where we, we, we won't be able to tell the difference, but it might be a little bit weird. So that got me thinking about how we might view movies in the future. Could a movie on James Dean freak people out if they were around the same time he was? Could it enrage people in the same way many felt when they saw the hologram of dead rapper Tupac Shakur at Coachella in 2012? I just thought that was weird and a money-making thing. I didn't think beyond that because it's just a hologram. But this AI software is a lot more than that. Perhaps it will introduce a completely new generation to James Dean because he died in 1955 at the age of 24. So that's generations have passed. So maybe it's cool and maybe his family could benefit from it. I'm not sure. But as I said earlier, movies have been using retouching software for decades. It's what the AI software is capable of doing is it's way less expensive and it's more widely available. So anyone and everyone can use it. But it's really made me wonder, will we even need actors in the future? And I'm guessing they wouldn't want that to happen. But it's just interesting to me that actors who are known for their ability to capture your imagination and have you listening to their every word and looking at every facial expression. They're asking for these effects to kind of erase any real, kind of real interaction. So I find that a bit strange and I don't know what the limits will be. It also got me thinking that, okay, so maybe we'll still have actors, but they'll be able to work for so much longer. And actually made me think of the film Death Becomes Her because there might come a point where if an actor starts using AI retouching software at 40 to take 15 years off and they act until they're 60, how long will it be before they can't go outside anymore? Because we're going to start noticing the disparity between their real face and what we've been watching at the movies. Just to explain a little bit, for me, the death becomes her angle comes in because Meryl Streep plays this actress who is desperate to stay relevant, which of course means young. And she manages to get this magic potion from a witch played by Isabella Rossellini. Meryl's character is told she will have eternal life, staying young and beautiful. But the caveat is that after 10 years, she has to agree to never be seen in public again. Because of course, that would mean everybody would want to know her secret. So yeah, I just wonder if AI retouching addiction could become a thing and that in the future, when we're watching the Oscars red carpet, we'll be looking at a load of AI versions of our favorite actors. And meanwhile, the real life versions are sat at home all wrinkled and, and sad or wrinkled and happy. Maybe they will find some freedom in anonymity. The fact that they don't have to be seen as they look on screen. Maybe they can just pop to the shops looking 60 but on screen they're like 45 and that's what people think they look like maybe maybe it will give them freedom I mean we talk about the metaverse kind of coming into our lives and allowing us freedom of not having to actually be perfect because we can fake perfection but anyway don't get me wrong there is also fun to be had with AI For instance, there's a VFX specialist called Daniel Hashimoto who shares videos on his Twitter account at Action Movie Dad. 
and he uses AI to make actors make eye contact with you, the viewer, during key scenes of shows and movies we all know. So let's say, I think one he did was that brilliant show, The Bear, and the main actor is kind of, you know, he's got a way of being very mumbly. He's talking and he's kind of looking down. But Daniel Hashimoto makes him look up and look at us like he's talking to us. So again, like in some ways that can be a bit weird and unsettling, but I get it. He's having fun with what technology can do. And there's also AI that can be used in film to stop actors actually having to kiss their co-star, which also brings me back to that fact of do we need actors at all? Because we're used to them kind of pushing themselves. You know, you often hear about actors using the method where they just live as the character. And, but now, I mean, they don't even have to kiss each other. What I'm talking about in particular is the film I mentioned earlier, You People. I stopped watching this film after 20 minutes. I thought it was so bad. And this was after I'd had four cocktails, by the way. So my quality control was seriously impacted. Also, the editing of it, it made me feel like they don't think we want to invest in the characters. It was edited almost like a podcast with like, just like different songs every five minutes. It was just very disappointing. But to hear that the lead actors, Lauren London and Jonah Hill, didn't even kiss. And it's a love story. Apparently, the actors leaned in to kiss and then they just stepped back, knowing that CGI experts would fake the kiss for them later in post-production. So I'm just like, why get the actors in at all? Maybe just fake the whole film. Like, you couldn't just fake it. Isn't that what acting is? You couldn't just show a real kiss. And as it's a film about an interracial relationship, that also makes me think, like, damn, like, they, <laughs> they just didn't want a kiss. Like I said, I thought the film was terrible, but maybe that has a lot to do with this fakeness that's happening because yes, you can fake a kiss or an eye roll, but can you fake chemistry? I don't know, but it's almost time to go, but I wanted to share one more thing that is really interesting. We now have film scripts being written entirely by artificial intelligence. And if I allow myself to go down a slightly darker path, what if it becomes that AI is controlling what we hear and see and how we hear and see? Will we become puppets or just beings that consume all day long, unable to create or communicate? <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I promise. I just watch a lot of films and read a lot of books. <laughs> and I've seen it in films like Ready Player One, where we all just live in these tower blocks, just consuming through these virtual reality glasses and not actually living life or eating real food and or is it just about taking the best of what we've got perhaps the future of film and visual media could really benefit by capitalizing on AI to do the more manual tasks that take up time perhaps AI will allow us to spend more time actually being creative so I'm interested to see what's next especially as a photographer and someone that loves films. And I think back in the depth of my head, I've always thought maybe one day I could make a film. But yeah, that seems so huge. But maybe it could just make us more creative and younger at the same time. 
I think it's time for me to finish this episode because as I said, I think this is something I want to dig into a bit more and really try and share examples, find examples of extensive retouching on film that seems to really serve a purpose rather than making someone look younger. Let's see. But let me know your thoughts and definitely let me know if you come across any interesting articles or podcasts on the subject of AI at the movies or in beauty. I would love to know. You can always find me over in the DMs on Twitter or Instagram at beautymepodcast or email me beautymepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you'll also find some video related to this episode on my Instagram or on TikTok at Sharice Kenyon. Also, did you know that you can now listen to Beauty Me on Amazon Music? Wherever you listen, I would really love if you could hit the subscribe or like button or follow wherever you are. Feel free to give it a five-star rating over on Spotify. It makes a big difference. Or write a review on this episode or the show in general over on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. I've also got a newsletter for you. It's free to subscribe. You can find that at beautymenotes.substat.com. See you next time.